0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on day 43 of the 60-day legislative session, where the House of Representatives could vote today on a bill to bar transgender students from the women's team.
1: This bill uh, would essentially expel those transgender students who are currently participating in team sports. Uh, There's no real justification uh, for doing this. These students have been participating in team sports
0: for many years without incident. Democrats oppose the bill but do not have the votes to stop it. The governor's fuming over cancel culture, and this time it's personal. He's upset that YouTube removed one of his video roundtables on COVID-19 because it violated their rules about misinformation. So Ron DeSantis invited the doctors who took part in that discussion to another roundtable, this time to talk about censorship.
2: You know, if you're going to make an argument that something is misinformation, you should provide an actual argument. You can't just take it down and say, oh, it's misinformation without actually giving you a reason.
0: The governor's also warning corporate CEOs not to get involved in the fight over changing election laws. He says they have no right to interfere in Florida politics.
3: When you politicize every aspect of our lives, that is not healthy for society that exacerbates and contributes to polarization uh, in divisions, uh, and it's ultimately not gonna be in the best interest of a lot of these
0: companies. DeSantis says corporations can do all the lobbying they want over taxes and regulations, but he warned them to stay out of social justice and election issues. With less than three weeks left in the session, the push is on to strike a new deal over gambling. The biggest change would allow pari to keep their slots and card rooms without having any live races.
4: Senate Bill 7080 removed the mandatory requirement current law, that high lie permit holders harness horse permit holders and quarter-horse permit holders conduct live racing or games.
0: Lawmakers are now waiting to see if the governor can seal a deal for a new gaming compact with the Seminole Tribe. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the story of a Florida woman sentenced to 29 days in jail for assault for deliberately coughing on a woman with brain cancer. But first, a word from the sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This
5: public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB 48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity Florida.
0: And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, April 13th. It's National Scrabble Day, National Peach Cobbler Day, and National Make Lunch Count Day. On this day in 1945, a Canadian soldier by the name of Leo Major single-handedly liberated an entire Dutch village by fooling the occupying Germans into thinking a raid had begun. In 1959, the Vatican issued an edict forbidding Roman Catholics from voting for communists. And on this date in 1970, Apollo 13 announced, OK, Houston, we've had a problem here, after an oxygen tank exploded as they were headed to the moon. The state health department reported 1,613 new cases of COVID Monday. That is the lowest daily total since October. But don't get out the party hats yet. The number is low because several testing and vaccination centers had to shut down Sunday because of storms that swept across the state. Florida also reported 35 additional fatalities. On Monday, that increases the death toll to 34,720. Governor Ron DeSantis claims he's a victim of cancel culture at YouTube and says he's not going to take it. Last month, the governor hosted a panel discussion on COVID-19 with four scientists who share his opinion that economic lockdowns are worse than the disease and that masks are not needed. YouTube removed copies of that video from their platform, saying they spread misinformation. DeSantis calls it a left-wing conspiracy by the tech oligarchs.
3: Google, YouTube has not been, throughout this pandemic, repositories of truth and scientific inquiry but instead have acted of enforcers of a narrative, a big tech council of censors in service of the ruling elite. And so when they took down the videos that were posted by some of the local news outlets here in the state of Florida, they were really continuing what they've been doing for the past year, stifle debate, short circuit scientific inquiry, make sure that the narrative is not questioned. And I think that we've seen already that that has had catastrophic consequences for our society. They were the leaders, the big tech were the leaders in censoring criticism of lockdowns in March of 2020. You had these policies that started to be advocated for, and people, some folks were very, very concerned about it. But if you posted something on one of these sites critical of the lockdown, it would get taken down. Uh, it would get marginalized. It would get suppressed in one way or another. I certainly believe that lockdowns have caused large amounts uh, of deaths in the United States and across the world. And so perhaps if we had had a freer exchange of ideas during those critical months, perhaps we would have been able to avoid some of the terrible policies that we've seen take such huge tolls in parts of the world and in other parts of our country here in the United States. Uh, but it also raises the question about whether scientific consensus is something that we want to be you know, governed by in terms of what information is allowed to be out there. The, the consensus that we see is somewhat of a synthetic consensus because there's experts and scientists who disagree with the consensus, who realize what the data said, but they don't want to stick their neck out because there is serious consequences that a lot of the folks have had to deal with as a result of following the data. One other point I think in this, when the YouTube clip of the round table was pulled down, you had those corporate media outlets, particularly the New York-based corporate media, You know they were very favorably disposed to that censorship and some of our biggest media conglomerates who claim to be avatars of the First Amendment and free exchange of ideas, uh, they've really become cheerleaders for censorship. Uh, If something doesn't fit the overriding narrative, then in their view, it's better that it get left on the cutting room floor. It's best that you edit it out of existence rather than actually tell people the truth. So I think what we're really witnessing is is Orwellian. It's a big tech corporate media collusion. And the end result is that the narrative is always right.
0: So the governor decided to have some of those same scientists back for another roundtable discussion about censorship. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford says it's a mistake to silence people who are considered out of the mainstream of science.
2: I think from a scientific point of view, it's absolutely terrible for science. You for science to work, you have to have a, an open exchange of ideas. And it should be, uh, you know, if you're going to make an argument that something is misinformation, you should provide an ar- actual argument. You can't just take it down and say, oh, it's misinformation without actually giving you a reason, you know, and, and, and saying, look, we did, it disagrees with the CDC is not enough of a reason. Let's hear the argument, let's hear. Let's see the evidence. Uh, that youtube used to decide it was misinformation Uh, let's have a debate science works best when we have an open debate censorship is not consistent with american norms Uh, i mean the american norms involve again free exchange of ideas Uh, i think our conversation around COVID had been deeply deeply enfeebled by this sort of notion that there's some things you can and cannot
0: say Dr. Martin Kuldorf of Harvard University says this sort of censorship is an existential threat to scientific advancement.
1: Yeah, the immediate problem we have to deal with is, of course, the pandemic and the damages from the lockdowns. But if we see it long term, I'm very worried about the future of science, because science is dependent on free exchange of ideas. And it has been for 300 years now. So if, uh, if this continues, this kind of uh, Uh, attitude with censoring certain scientific views, uh, then uh, I think uh, we have reached the end of 300 years of enlightenment. And that would be very, very unfortunate.
0: And Dr. Scott Atlas of Stanford, who served on Donald Trump's COVID task force, says this scientific censorship is not limited to YouTube.
6: It's not just in the media. It's on academic campuses. When you have this sort of censorship among universities which are supposed to represent the sources of critical thinking in this country and perhaps in the world, the US universities. This kind of thing that that has happened to, to me personally, but also others, doesn't just stop the scientific truths from being arrived at, it stops excellent people from being willing to state what they believe, to be willing to serve in the government, to be willing to help the country. And when you have people like myself, who went to help the American people, no matter who was the political person in charge. And those people, because of, I believe, a political hatred, a politicization of everything now in the United States, this sort of uh, attack, this censorship is all part of that. There's nothing more dangerous than being able to censor what is said in a country because then you are simply not ever going to even hear the truth. And you are entering into a phase of countries that we used to criticize severely, like the USSR, like communist China. I mean, what is going on here? I mean, this is uh, almost uh, the end of our civilization if we have this sort of censorship, I'm
0: afraid. But Democrats at the state capitol believe the governor's words have more to do with politics than science. Representative Fentries Driscoll of Tampa says the governor ignored the advice of his own Surgeon General and embraced outside experts who agreed with his opinion about lockdowns.
6: The governor's purported health experts are outliers. You know, I look to leadership from the scientific community, from the public health community, who has for over a year been trying to guide us through this crisis. I'm very grateful for the leadership of the Biden administration and how they are leading with truth and with facts and with science, because facts do matter. And I'm very grateful that, uh, you know, there are more vaccines that are available and dosages, and we can do what we need to do to try to move uh, forward in this health pandemic and push it behind us. And it's disappointing to have heard that from the governor, the governor's uh at health experts. And, you know, I, I think we just have to make sure that we do all we can in our capacity to push out accurate information because as Representative Jenny mentioned, over 35,000 Floridians have passed away. Lives are, are literally at stake.
0: Representative Evan Jenny of Dania Beach says he's just wondering when the governor's latest roundtable discussion will be taken down by YouTube.
5: This is, you know, again, this just goes into these wedge issues, just trying to find something to make Floridians hate one another uh, for political profit and gain. It it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever um, why he would continue to associate our state with individuals um, that have been thoroughly and completely debunked. Uh, I am sure that Dr. Scott uh, Atlas, if I needed a radiologist, he would probably be near the top of my list. Uh, The problem is we're talking about epidemiology and virology, um, two things which he has no degree in whatsoever. Having a radiologist determine how your epidemiology is going to work is like having a podiatrist fix your teeth. Uh, it's probably not the best bet. Uh, just like you wouldn't hire a foot doctor to fix your teeth, you shouldn't hire a radiologist to deal with epidemiological issues. That's why it got pulled off because they were giving bad and potentially dangerous advice. If anything, I would uh, I would hope that the governor realizes this uh, and that we've had thirty five thousand people uh, n- vir- nearly at this point die um you know in the state of florida alone uh we're probably going to get close to 600,000 deaths nationwide um we can't keep playing and trying to politicize this uh because when we do uh it just means that more people and more floridians are going to have their lives ruined and potentially ended. So uh, it's something that we really need to uh, to try to do uh, better on on both sides of the aisle. I'm not just going to sit here and condemn the governor and the Republican Party because Democrats are guilty of it, too. Um, So we need to make sure as a whole we're doing more to bring Floridians together uh, and not
0: looking for any potential spark uh, to, to light everything on fire. One thing the governor did not mention during his roundtable discussion, and something he almost never talks about publicly, is the human cost of the Florida anti-lockdown experiment. Our death toll has reached 34,720. The Florida House meets this afternoon, and there is a long list of bills on the calendar, including one that bans transsexual kids from playing on the girls' teams in public schools, colleges, and universities. Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith of Orlando says backers of the bill came up with an imaginary crisis so they can punish one of the most marginalized segments of our society. Listen,
1: I just want to speak very briefly about House Bill 1475, uh, which is legislation that would prohibit uh, transgender students, specifically transgender girls, uh, from being able to participate in team sports uh, in their public schools. This ranges all the way from kindergarten, all the way up to the collegiate level. That is what is being proposed. Transgender students have been participating in team sports in the state of Florida uh, without incident since 2013. Uh, The FHSAA, the Florida High School Athletic Association, they have had guidelines and rules in place for this many years, uh, allowing for transgender students to- participate in team sports. There's never been a single complaint, there's never been a single incident, and now here we have this legislation that not only uh, cancels that policy from FHSAA and replaces it with a blanket prohibition on transgender girls being able to participate in team sports, but what we also have is something that is extremely harmful and disruptive to some of our most vulnerable students. This bill uh, would essentially expel those transgender students who are currently participating in team sports. Uh, There's no real justification uh, for doing this. These students have been participating in team sports for many years without incident. Um, We also need to understand that there are economic consequences to Moving forward with this legislation, we've already heard from the NCAA, uh, which has warned not only Florida, but other states against passing this type of legislation that they believe is discriminatory, but also that violates the NCAA's uh, policies prohibiting discrimination uh, in their competitions and against their athletes. Make no mistake, in the next five years, there are at least 50 NCAA tournaments that have been scheduled specifically in the state of Florida and as we've already heard from this organization if Florida moves forward with this legislation approves it and Governor DeSantis signs it into law this will not only be harmful against transgender students uh, especially those currently participating who would be expelled uh, but it's also going to have economic consequences I fear that we may have a boycott of the state of Florida
0: That transgender bill isn't the only one that has drawn attention from outside of Florida. Big business is looking at changes in state election laws that will make it harder for people to vote. Now, more than 100 corporate CEOs have already come out against Georgia's new election law, including the bosses at Major League Baseball, Delta, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, and Facebook. But Governor Ron DeSantis says they'd better not try that sort of thing here in Florida.
3: Yeah, these businesses that are in Florida, they have every right to, to advocate for things that affect them. I mean, really, they, could pro- they can advocate whatever they want to, I guess, but when they get involved in either elections legislation, things that do not concern their, their business or their operations, uh, to me, that is interfering in the political process. Our process is governed by people that get elected and that are trying their best. I think most people in the legislature are doing their best to try to represent their constituents. Uh, it is not to be represented and governed by large corporations. And so that is not gonna be the policy in Florida. When you say you can't have a photo ID in Georgia, but yet you're doing business with the Chinese Communist Party or Major League Baseball, you know they've gone down and hobnob with the Castro regime in Cuba. So no voter ID in Georgia, that is a bridge too far, but you can go down uh, to a place like Cuba where they persecute Uh, political opponents. They're not voting. They're not showing an ID to vote because they ain't voting. And so the hypocrisy of all this, I think these companies are going to end up in a situation where they're just not going to tie themselves in knots and they're not going to be able to square the circle. And so, yes, you have an aggressive, woke, ideological left that at least sees itself as ascendant. They obviously have organs of our society that amplify that message. Uh, But I can tell you that is not the way we want this done in Florida. Uh, we will not look favorably on these big corporations that get involved uh, in our process on things that don't, that don't, that don't uh, uh, concern them. When you politicize every aspect of our lives, that is not healthy for society that exacerbates and contributes to polarization uh, in divisions, uh, and it's ultimately not going to be in the best interest of a lot of these companies.
0: The governor may not want to hear complaints about election laws from CEOs, but members of Florida's Legislative Black Caucus are asking the state's most powerful corporate citizens to get involved, to denounce what they call the authoritarian legislation being pushed by GOP leaders. One final note from the governor's press conference. When asked to comment on the sex trafficking allegations against his friend and fellow Trumper, Congressman Matt Gates, this is all DeSantis would say.
3: I don't, have, I don't have anything to say. Anything else? Anything else?
0: Let the games begin. With less than three weeks left in the session, the Senate rolls out the gambling bills. It's the first time we've seen them, but Regulated Industries Committee Chairman Senator Travis Hudson says they've been working on them since last year.
4: Over the summer, President Simpson and myself Uh, Speaker Sprouse and and Leader Blaze have been working on these issues um, and meeting with various members. I know the president and speaker have met constantly with all those involved, uh, whether it's tribe, permutual, or others, and been briefed with the governor. As it stands today, the governor is trying to finalize negotiations with all stakeholders. I know you all have read he's had some meetings already a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's still actively trying to do, uh, to, to do that and land a compact. He's having negotiations as we speak. Uh, for us, uh, as the Senate and speaking with the president, we believe should a compact not get done, there are a couple issues that you will see in front of us today uh, that we would like to try and resolve uh, and, and put these issues to rest. One of Hudson's bills creates a new entity called the Florida Gaming Control Commission. This will be a five-member uh, commission, one from each appellate district district, to be picked by the governor by January 1st, 2022, and subject to the Senate confirmation. Of the five, three members will will be specific. One member uh, is experienced in law enforcement and criminal investigation. One member being certified public accountant licensed in the state and experienced in accounting and auditing, and one member being an attorney admitted and authorized to practice law in this state. The bill grants additional investigatory and prosecutorial authority to the Office of Statewide Prosecution and the Department of Legal Affairs. Specifically, the bill authorizes the Office of Statewide Prosecution to investigate and prosecute any violation of Florida laws related to state lotteries, amusement facilities, parimutuel wagering, slot machines, and gambling.
0: The second bill is the big one. It allows high-life frontons, harness horse tracks, quarter horse tracks to stop holding races and keep their slots or card drums, which are far more profitable than live racing.
4: Senate Bill 7080 removed the mandatory requirement in current law that high-life permit holders, harness horse permits, permit holders, and quarter-horse permit holders conduct live racing or games. The bill also provides that a permit holder that does not conduct live racing or games retains its permit, and if the Permit holder has a slot machine license. Its slots facility continues to be eligible for licensure. It provides that a permit holder does not that does not conduct live racing or games remains eligible for a
0: card room license. The gambling bills are a work in progress. So for now, lawmakers are waiting to see if the governor and the Seminoles can seal a deal on a new compact with the tribe. Your calendar of events is next, along with the story of a Florida woman who's been sent to jail for coughing on a brain cancer patient with a compromised immune system. But first, it's time to pay some bills. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive,
3: you can't work. So, how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense.
0: Let's end debt based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Welcome back to the Sunrise Calendar. Trustees at Florida Gulf Coast University and University of South Florida are meeting online at 8.30. The Space Florida Marketing Committee holds a conference call at 9 to discuss branding of Space Florida, which is the state's official aerospace arm. The Senate Agriculture, Environment, and General Government Appropriations Subcommittee meets at 2. They'll consider a bill making changes in the oversight of pharmacy benefit managers. At 2, the Senate Education Appropriations Subcommittee hears a bill that would offer free online courses at state universities to veterans, active-duty military members, and people who went another direction instead of finishing their degrees. It's called the State University Free Seat Program. The Florida First Responders Suicide Deterrence Task Force meets online at 2. And the House holds a floor session at 2.30 where they'll take up a long list of bills. There's the Fairness in Women's Sports Act that bans transgender students from taking part in girls' or women's high school and college sports. Another bill would allow high schools to offer prayers over public address systems before athletic championship games. Finally today, the Florida woman who had her 15 minutes of fame in a viral video giving the finger to another shopper and then coughing in her face has been sentenced to 29 days in jail for assault. Deborah Joe Hunter of Fernandina Beach made a plea agreement with prosecutors that did not include jail time. But when the judge saw the video, he decided she needed to spend some time behind bars. The judge was also troubled that Hunter was more concerned about the public backlash against her on social media than the impact on her victim. Heather Sprague is a brain tumor patient with a compromised immune system. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flag in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.